What's good, people? Coming to you from Albuquerque, New Mexico, it's the American Dream Fatigue Podcast. We cover crypto, how it relates to the news and the world around us, and we give our take from where we're at in our little island in the desert here. We have a guest today with us, as always. I'm Jay. I got Jack with me. I got Jeff with me. Yes, sir. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, how about you uh, introduce yourself? We got Kyle with us. Hey, what's happening, guys? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Cal's Thanks very for, excited uh, to be with us. <laughs> it's, not like straight, it's not like a straight format. Yeah. Yeah. Makes Cal's it very right. excited. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks for having me. Sure, man. <laughs> I'm Kyle Actasic and uh, grew up here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So kind of got, I don't know, where do you want me to start? How about we just start with, uh, like, how did you leave Albuquerque? How did you get into crypto? You know, what are you, what are you doing right now? What's your involvement in crypto right now? Just a little general overview. Yeah, so the backstory of me getting into crypto was I was – helping somebody out with their psychology homework that they were probably supposed to be doing when I was in school, like helping out the older guys, um, you know, help them with their homework and they give you like invite you to the parties, that kind of deal. But, oh, um, yeah. we were, uh, we were doing some homework and someone showed me Bitcoin at 50 bucks. And I think everybody kind of has that origin story. <laughs> and, uh, so then just kind of, kind of spoke to, um, my views on individual sovereignty and um, just people's people's um, my belief that people should have the ability to move and transact and go wherever they want whenever they want without um, in a way that is not going to be censorable and it's not going to be um, it's not going to be able to be in, in um, that people are going to be able to do things in ways that they haven't been able to do before. Um, so just I'm a big advocate of uh, being censorship resistant and also just improving people's individual sovereignty. So that's kind of my my backstory and how uh, I kind of the lens I view the space in from. So the, I think that's uh, similar to all of us. Yeah. yeah. What's up with like filling out so much paperwork and you go to another country too? That's so annoying. Like aside from COVID stuff, like oh, like I can't I, I can't just walk through your trees, man. Like I'm a human, you know. <laughs> but. Yeah, so I think that just naturally, we information has been power for a long time. So as a nation state, they want to know who's coming into their country, and um, that's all like good and all. And I don't think that we're trying to change people from our uh, nation states from trying to control their borders and. But we just want to make sure that we're giving people the ability to transact and um, giving people the the um, yeah the opportunity to take back kind of the power to um, their individual sovereignty. So, do you think there will be a universal basic income based off crypto? Huh. I mean, I saw something the other day about just getting giving people the helping people to get their own alphas and but i just think naturally the whole crypto web3 space is going to come with a lot of opportunities of people who just decide to stand in the the world of of decentralized finance and 
So I think uh, there's a lot of, um, I don't know if there will be a universal basic income, like how we traditionally think of it, but I, I think that there's plenty of opportunities to um, make money in a new developing market as we're seeing Universal it, so. basic opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. I mean, the internet was, what's so unique about Web3 is that Web2 was captured by v big VC funds. So we see um, Anderson Horowitz's and these guys get first access to investing into the opportunities like the YouTube, the, um, the sorry, Airbnb, the uh, Microsoft, et cetera. And so before that, those got listed to on as IPOs publicly, they were um, the big VC funds obviously get first pick. So the kind of change to Web3 is we're seeing retail investors get first pick to these projects that are going to turn into massive, massive things that are going to uh, have large impact on the way that we do business and the way that we interact with each other. For sure. Um, I want to ask everybody too, but what was the first cryptocurrency you bought? Oh, man. Probably Litecoin. So I don't know if you guys know who Charlie Lee is, but um, I just kind of noticed that there was a pretty high correlation between Bitcoin and Litecoin movements back in 2018, or sorry, 2016. And I was a broke college kid and didn't have enough to buy a, a Bitcoin. And I know there's people out there who are going to be saying you can always buy a partial Bitcoin and that, that'll be forever true. Um, but I just identified with Litecoin because I could, I could, I could trade it. Uh, and I had, um, if there was a movement in Bitcoin, I could reasonably expect to see that similar movement in Litecoin. So I was able to slightly, capitalize on that. Slightly and slightly delayed as well. It yeah, it was a little bit delayed. You can trade based on that. Yep. And so the probably the, the second um, currency I ever bought was Ethereum. So those two had a unique relationship with Bitcoin movements. And I kind of just, that was, that was what I understood. So that's what I stuck to. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Jeff? What's your first crypto? Oh, first crypto. Uh, Bitcoin, obviously. Uh, I won't say the website's name, but there was a... Back when I used to do <coughs> casino gambling on, you know, games, online games, football, basketball, you could bet. There's a, <clears throat> there's a website out there. Well, there's a lot of them now, but at the beginning, there was only like one or two where you could bet on European sports. You could bet on soccer, Russian, the Russian league, the German league, and they had better that. spreads than the ones in America do. The problem is you had to use some kind of cryptocurrency, and at the time it was Bitcoin. So I bought one coin. It was $230 at the time. I bought one coin, and obviously I gambled it away on games. And at the time, I didn't realize it was going to be a real currency. I thought it was just a gambling coin on the website. But now, fast forward years later, that's my sad story. I had one whole coin, <laughs> and I gambled it away. We all have those At least stories, I know where man. it went. I mean, I didn't do like that one guy who lost it in the dumps. He's still lost looking for it. Yeah, at least he lost it. it. At least I know, I, I, know I, I made my mistake. That's why it never <laughs> happened again. Once I saw that, uh, I've been a good crypto person ever since then. 
That'll hold it. But that's my sad story. <laughs> Do you guys have, like, rules for trading for yourself? Like, rules that you've set up? I mean, I don't yeah, know when you got into the space, but just, <laughs> <laughs> just hodl. Yeah, there are different strategies to hold them. Yeah, you know, to just hold on and just wait. Spy and forget about it. <laughs> or you can, like, you know, once you, you get to a certain level, you just pull your money back out. You can yeah. still always do I that. I usually pull out original yeah, investment. You, know, you can always do that. I mean, that's never and a bad idea. And I reinvest idea. original investment. Right. So I know Jeffrey started with very minimal amount, and he's just been doing that by picking plays where it pops off. He takes out a good amount. He still has some left in there. That's a right. decent value, and then he just uses that amount for a new one. And he's basically, if I can speak for him, like accumulated his whole portfolio from uh, of a fairly minimal amount and just, just kind of But that's one right. strategy. Now that I've done it that way, that's why I say there's different ways of doing this. That is one good way to do it. But now that I look back, I technically probably probably should have put more into some of these things instead of just I take like they say they take you, you take the cream off the top. Once it starts getting some profit, you take a little bit of cream off the top, and you get your money back and let it keep going. Mm-hmm. Pull out a little bit more. That is good. That kept me going. That built my portfolio. But the the downside is I see later I probably should have actually just kept reinvesting the cream back instead of actually taking it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in my opinion, with cryptocurrencies, which I tell everybody, it's such a volatile market, we never really know what's going to happen. So to me, it never hurts to pay yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I got to take money off, what if it goes to zero? Oh, I never took it out. I mean, exactly. Take it out. I mean, you know, I feel like that's not a bad idea for any of us. Always Man, pay yourself back. You that's know? one of the rules to live by is pay yourself first, Yep. especially yep. when you're raising money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the way I pursued crypto investing um, as a as a like a former options trader, I certainly use a decent amount of technical analysis in it. Um, and you know, it's it's the same thing. Um, you know, taking money off the top when you have a, a you know a particular thing that makes a bunch of profit, or um, you know, managing managing uh, your your holdings via using stop losses and things like that. Um, I leverage technical analysis to just try and get the best out of my purchases. Um, you know, definitely, I think that applies to just about everything that's been said here already. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the way I've gone about it. I, um, I, I take the Warren Buffett approach and kind of just like look at the white papers, uh, the, I research the CEOs or the founders of it, see if they seem like decent people, if they're yeah. done their projects, see if they're linked to anything else. Marketing, I like if, if they're doing stuff to market their coin or they just like, see, you can kind of tell if it's like they seem like intelligent individuals. And then whatever their mission statement or what they want to do, I, I usually st- uh, go for like tech kind of revolutionary stuff or, or stuff that I see expanding. Like I'm pretty balls deep on helium, so. Um, just, just stuff that I see expanding out even five, ten years. And I kind of just, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be really well off in ten years, so I'll just keep working hard right now and then kind of just take it for a bit and, and probably sooner than that, but, you know, real well off. A more long-term years. approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I do, I do usually take out original investment. Um, I really like Sheeb. I put in 100 bucks, and then it shot up in like two weeks to like $1,400. So I just took out 400 and then, yeah. you know. I'm still well, but that's the beauty of everybody. There's so many different strategies you can employ. You got a long-term strategy. You got a short-term strategy. You got in the middle strategy. Mm-hmm. You got a like a trading strategy. Exactly. And once we start implementing different strategies, but you got to know how to differentiate them. Right. You're not, you're not mixing them. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. That's the, that's the key. Yeah, there, there's definitely no one thing in particular right. that's correct. Like, right. Like, you know, 
I, I have definitely found that all the technical analysis in the world is not going to help you worth a damn, considering how volatile and deregulated the crypto market actually is. You know, it'll, it'll help you day trade in the crypto space, just like day trading in any other space would. Um, you know, but like, in all honesty, I can't say that anything that I've taken from graphs has, has been any more influential to me than, you know, traditional research like Jack mentioned, yep. you know, just just plain old investment strategies, you know, watching watching the value of your investments and knowing when to take profits. Um, We're talking Dave Ramsey here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. UT. Oh, yeah. What was your Actually, first yep. uh, coin? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mined Ethereum back in the day. As a as a young computer science student, I had a nice gaming PC, and I was like, fuck it, I could mine some Ethereum. And I mined like 20 Ethereum in two years, and uh, you, said you, you said you spent yours on gambling. I can't tell you where mine went. <laughs> but, the guy, but the guy that it went to, the wallet's still out there. It's just in the possession of the FBI. So, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. We might not. We need to put that on the podcast. Hey, flag, what's flag, 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 flag. No, you, you know, said. you know who it is. It's it's the it's the Silk Road guys. It's the Silk Road guys. They got it back in the beginning yeah. before anybody knew how to really do it. Yep. Yep. Well, that's what I said. A lot of people got these stories. Would you rather have eight million dollars on a ledger in a dumpster somewhere? And you're still digging through <laughs> it. Would you rather have Silk Road boys take your couple hundred dollars, or would you rather you say? Yeah, I gambled on a football game and I lost. <laughs> Which was the lesser the three evils? I, mean, I feel pretty good. I know where it went. It's all right. I mean, I still kick myself in the ass, but I mean, oh, sorry, flat I head. know, right? I mean, but you know, but, you know, all right. It went to Dread Pirate Roberts. Yep, that's where mm. it's at. Yeah, <laughs> and he's not much older than he's not much older than everybody sitting here. Honestly, when yeah, is it? When the, is the it? The dude that the dude that ran the Silk Road, Dread Pirate Roberts. That was a that was a like stage name for this like kid at the time. Russ. I think he's only like twenty seven or twenty eight yeah. these days. I don't know how much we want to talk about things. Do you want to talk about certain exchanges, or no? Is that too? <coughs> I'm sure. fine. I I really don't have a, I really don't have like anything. An affiliation with it. Yeah. Well, let me talk about Coinbase, as you guys already know. One yeah. of the biggest exchanges, American exchanges. First of all. I mean, uh, the first coin, it's funny, it made me think about it. The first coin I ever bought was on Coinbase. A few, a short time after that, probably like a year or two after that, the SEC or the government or some kind of agency came in, and they had to give up all the email records and the documents. That's why I never put any money on Coinbase anymore, because as soon as they came in, they gave up a lot of people's information. I mean, all their information, that's how they're going to do the taxes and everything. Mm-hmm. So fast forward now. Now they're actually on the stock exchange. They got their own, like, you know, they're actually, like, really big time now. And now they're getting more customers than ever. And now they're passing more tax, different tax regulations on crypto. Mm-hmm. What's the one company they're going to go to first as, like, a Jack knows we have a restaurant. We have a, we're like a test restaurant for our whole corporation, a lot of aspects. They try things on our company, on our restaurant, and see if it works in Albuquerque, and they roll it out. Coinbase is that way for the government. Mm. We're gonna see how many, how many people we can tax. We're gonna get all these this information, see what they did transaction wise, and then we're gonna figure out some kind of bogus random number, of percentage. We're just gonna pick a number out of the sky 40. and charge everybody. So I'm telling everybody now, and I hate to say it because I, I think Coinbase is a good company, but 
It's I sold tell out. people to keep many people, keep many minimal funds on that account. That's all I can tell you. Keep minimal funds on your Coinbase. That's if you get anything from what I just said. I don't know what to say other than that. I'll expand upon that. I'll expand upon that a little bit. I don't think you should trust any any modern exchange. And you know what? Fuck it. We're gonna throw in uh, newer banking and finance apps as well. Uh, I'm talking everything. I'm talking Coinbase. I'm talking Kraken, Robin, Robinhood. Yep. You name it. Uh, and, and I'm calling out all these. I'm calling out all these banks too, like Chime and uh, yep. you know whatever. These are new companies. Even the big guys, even the big fish that have been around for a century or more, get wrecked sometimes. You really think that these brand new companies are are doing what's in your best interest? They're trying to keep their doors open. Yep. They're trying to keep their doors open any way they can. And so Jeff's exactly right. You know, Coinbase has some of the most public, uh, what I would call forfeiture of information. Um, where it's, words. It, it's it's not that they it's not that they give the government information. It's how they gave it to them. But they'll give it up soon. They get a knock on the door. I don't 100%. like companies like that. One hundred percent. That's not to go out and do business. And oh are, yeah, here you go. There <laughs> are there are companies that will fight that. You know, like right. Apple definitely fights that. Right. And it's it's. You I mean, know, Microsoft did it for a while back. You know, years ago when they tried to. You know, they said they're creating a monopoly yeah. on the. They, they software work, industry. You know, they they work it, too know? much for the government these days for them to for them to battle that, but. Nah, to to like I'm of the opinion that all of these apps are, you know, somewhat dangerous. Look at what happened with Robinhood and in trading of GME and uh, and uh, uh AMD AM, the, what what, what is the what's the ticker symbol for uh which was Cinemark? Uh CNK. Uh nah, there's a there's Not the, AMC. the popular one that traded AMC. AMC. What's the ticker? AMC. It's just AMC. Yeah, AMC. So. Oh, the movie the movies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh on flag. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's what it is now. I mean, we, I think we can free, speak freely. Yeah, there's no, they're not. You know. So I think there's a couple of segues from this, and I think that there's. I maybe have an unpopular opinion to the whole Web three space on this, but without Coinbase, there would not have been a lot. There were not like there would not have been the exchange from fiat into into a tokenized economy like there has been, and um, I think for somebody getting into the space we just have to be careful of whether they're you're interacting on a space that uh, where the 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 brokerage is the custodian or if you're your own custodian and i think when with the nuance of uh uniswap and sushi swap and um these decentralized exchanges were what the difference that people really need to understand is just who has control over their assets at a given time because if like what you guys are saying is like for instance coinbase and Robinhood and and uphold these these brokerages i'm going to stray from calling them exchanges these brokerages are 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 custodians of your asset and if they want to lock them up then they have the ability to and that's super important to the nuance of, like I said, Uniswap and and these decentralized exchanges, these DeFi protocols, because they allow people to exchange for other tokens while keeping custodianship of your assets. So if you ever need to 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 take a hold of them and, and lock them and put them into cold storage, you can immediately, and there's not going to be an intermediary of censorship. And 
so that's where I, that's where a lot of my role is in, in talking with people and the consulting that I do is, is giving them the bigger picture to um, naturally finding ways that they're going to be under control of their assets whenever they need them. I definitely agree with that. Now, the, the panic earlier was not, was not without solutions. You know, like definitely get yourself a crypto wallet. And if you don't know what that is, we can talk a little bit about that. But yeah, maybe we should talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it, bro. I got my I got my Ella Paul right here. You don't have to differentiate between oh, hard, let's go. hard wallets. Ella Paul right here. Well, yeah, now you open up a whole other Air segment. Yeah, a lot of people don't know what any wallet is, let alone the cold that wallets very or the nice. hard wallets. Yeah. Well, before you get into that, I just want to say something about what he said, like the decentralization and people concerned about who actually owns your, I mean, do you actually own your currency or who actually is holding it, the custodian? Mm-hmm. To me, I mean, I, I don't know. I've lived in America my whole life. To me, it's been the same thing. with The banking industry has been doing this the whole time. I had one of my friends in D.C., which he'll, he'll uh, remain nameless, should I say the bank name? Well, here? Nah, <laughs> I say the bank though. Nah, leave it all out. Leave, leave the it bank all name. Out. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bank. They froze his funds. He's been a part. It's a military bank. He's been a part of them for years, and they froze four thousand of his assets. And he called me, "Hey, man, what should I do?" I was like, "We talked about it for hours. Now. It took him like two weeks to get his money unfrozen for something they thought he did a fraudulent charge, which he didn't. But my point is." We we had this false sense of security that we own our American dollars. We don't own them either. Yep, Unless you have true. it in your possession, you mm-hmm. don't own them. The bank can just freeze like they did him. He he was messy. He couldn't even pay his rent. I mean, they, they froze it. So, I mean, to me, what's the difference? I mean, we might as well do crypto then. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like my money's safer almost with crypto than the bank, to be honest with you. Well, I, I, I transferred <laughs> something from, I don't want to go off. I transferred something from Chime, like you said, to my uh, credit union. It took five days to get there. I said, that's impossible with crypto. <laughs> I mean, that's unheard of unless it's yeah. a glitch. I mean, you, you know, five pay, days. Pay Ethereum, you're paying 10 bucks to yeah, get there I in mean, a second. I mean, it'd be there in like two minutes or five minutes. So yep. I just wanted to put that out there before we got into the wallets. You know? I was going to say uh, another benefit of uh, Coinbase. I mean, it is like a, it is the first publicly traded company for crypto and all that. And I, they seem to have a, they seem to have a, uh, I guess not FDIC, but, um, they are, they're not insured. Like, what is FTIC, $250,000 or something? If it gets yeah, stolen from, the, like, Robinhood or E-Trade. There, but yeah, it could be, um, yeah. So I don't know if they have that, but it seems like a fairly secure platform. So the downside is they do give up your information and all, but if you have maybe a fourth of your portfolio in there just to show the feds that you have some stuff... Well, what we're really system. talking about, really, we're not doing. We're not talking about anything illegal. We're just talking no. about minimizing taxes. We're really, all we're talking about saving money. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you don't want them to know, so you don't have to pay so. But much I think it's more America. secure than say. Yeah, like, but I mean, uh, that's really what we're talking about. Another I, I one. Think, I think there's an easy way to look at it. You know, if the U.S. government is so far behind what's happening in the world that they don't have laws that govern how they're taking taxes from a new, you know, financial area, then that's their problem. And they need to figure that out. I elect my officials to do their jobs. And unfortunately, they spend most of their time on, you know, beating up each other. So, you know what? It's totally legal. There's no using cryptocurrency to, you know, whatever you want to call it, avoid paying tax or or, you know, whatever. As long as your assets have never touched somewhere that reports to the IRS, you're fine. 
Yep. And guess what? That's on the U.S. government to figure out. And they know that. And, you know, they're going to come after people. They're going to come after people, but not right now. Not right now. And the way to come after people is through the companies that they can find, they can track the people, yeah. the people that are in America. 100%. Right. No, I'm not saying... That's what they're using as a conduit. I'm just saying it, it, to, it does to, have its benefits, I guess, of, of being... Yeah, I mean, I had one. I mean, I still have it. I just don't have anything in it. They have really. a lot but, more I mean, I still invested have the account, yeah. in them being a publicly traded stock than, say, maybe Binance. Binance has the BNB, and everybody uses that transactionally. But I think, like, if you wanted to invest in, in stocks, and then they have an incentive to... Well, they got the Binance Smart Chain also. Yeah. But they got their own. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're cool, too. Can, but yeah. they haven't sent me that debit card, and it's been like a year. So they need to get on that. Yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning, you know, while we're talking about who who possesses your cryptocurrency. Yeah. Because um, Robinhood doesn't even have a wallet. There are countries out there that have banned cryptocurrencies from being used. And for whatever reason, they can get their banks to freeze all your assets if they've if they can prove that you touched crypto ever. Um, I think some of this happens in the United Kingdom. Um, I know that Pakistan is, is about to outlaw all crypto um, and, and, and any sort of trading in crypto. Um, so it, it definitely happens. There, there are cases where governments do crack down and these companies will be forced to give up your information or prevent you from trading. Um, so I think it's just worth kind of saying that I think everybody deals with this you know, to what extent, you know, you, you know, you might be on the other, uh, totally opposite side of this issue. You, you might live in Brazil or Argentina where your government is actively adopting crypto. You know, we'll, we'll see where it lands. We'll right. see where it lands. I, I think countries like we live in, like the United States, are, you know, extremely in the middle ground. You know, it's, it's always been the Wild West here. And, and speaking of the Wild West, I think there's something about history to bring up, too. You know, like back in the day when currency was first around, when the U.S. dollar was first around, the best place to keep that was on you. And you know what? Are you, are you at risk of being robbed? You know, just like you're at risk of being scammed nowadays with, with stuff? Yeah, you definitely are. But if you have the foresight to, to keep your crypto safe, to... You know, like Kyle said, understand who owns your crypto and where you're keeping your assets and understand actually how you're using it, then you might fare pretty well. And just like back in the day, if you had $100 in, 19, in 1890, you'd be a billionaire right now. Yep. It's pretty easy to parallel the Wild West to crypto. 100%. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what Jake, what you're saying, or Jay, what you're saying is so true because... Yeah, I mean, we're at a point where you can lock your assets in your pocket, and the only way someone's going to get them is if they're going to rob you. <laughs> but then they can't even get it because they don't have the ledger key or, or whatever. Right. Yeah, the, the right. Cool then wallet 12, is the best way to do it. Twelve-word passphrase usually. And then, mm-hmm. but, but if you're a trader, gaps, right? you can't really do it that. If you're a trader, right? It depends. That's the, the ones you're going to hold. Yeah, you put that on your cold wallet, and then you know, but then you still have to have a little bit on your wallet. For active exchanges. Yeah. Then know, there's like a MetaMask or... and pancake swap trading type yeah, stuff yeah, too. Like, like we have some friends that Meta do. MetaMask is one of the best one of the best options out there in my opinion. One thousand percent. So simple. Yeah. What Jay is saying. It's just yep. One thousand percent. If you want, if you want a a place to store your crypto, where you are responsible for it, and nobody is going to come looking for it at this location, get a MetaMask wallet because. MetaMask simply leverages the blockchain for crypto storage. And it is what should be done. It's what should be done. 
companies like Coinbase, Binance, whatever, that don't utilize blockchain wallets but trade in the blockchain, that's kind of an oxymoron. And if you don't know why that is that way, then you probably shouldn't be working for those companies anymore. Open up some of them jobs. I want them. Um, <laughs> I can kind of add to that as well, too. So yeah. MetaMask's importance is so great because it provides the first decentralized application integration into our web browser. I mean, into the Chromium, Chrome, Iridium series. Probably have a Firefox integration now. The Brave one is nice and smooth. Yeah, with Brave and, yeah, Internet. Uh, I forgot their token. Oh, basic attention token, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, this MetaMask was the first wallet to be able to actually use the user interface of Uniswap and and all these decentralized Web3 applications and have your be able to connect your wallet pretty seamlessly and interact with these new DAOs and other projects that are coming out. So, um, yeah, having that cool, having a, having a traditional wallet on chain and integrate into apps seamlessly is uh, MetaMask has done a fabulous job in, in their product development. And, and uh, from what I understand, they can't steal your crypto. MetaMask? Yeah. Like if, no, if you're, the whole I mean, company wanted to just pull out. It's not really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say MetaMask is a company. Maybe I could be wrong on that. If but the whole, yeah, the, the but developers were like, "We're just going to take this down. We're going to steal everybody's crypto because no. they don't have the access to it because it's individually." Well, it's on chain. Um, right. Yeah, you're when you're when you're when your assets are in your MetaMask wallet, they're on chain. So unless you can break the SHA two fifty six algorithm, you're not. Someone's not going to have access to them, and so. Right, like that's where we separate ourselves from true de decentralized finance and what is the remnants of Web two trying to enter into the Web three space with their custodial exchange exchanges. There's a place for those. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong with that, but um, MetaMask is like the first that you can actually integrate into these Web D these um, Web three apps, decentralized apps, and be able to store infinite types of tokens and smart contracts um nfts included mm -hmm. and all these erc smart contracts so that's the that's the metamask is awesome and it's it's they're gonna be hopefully they they, they do an Sponsors. airdrop i know there's like airdrops are the promo are the thing <laughs> metamask <laughs> yeah right <Let's> download <laughs> metamask today use Sponsorship. our promo code <laughs> um and i mean i don't think you can buy anything directly off MetaMask using like if you had USD, so it, it's beneficial if you're trading a Binance Smart Chain um, token, or you wanted to buy BNB, and then you have to send that to your MetaMask and then or get it wrapped, and then use that on like a Pancake Swap or Uniswap or, or whatever else. Yeah. So the intermediary between fiat and true decentralization is these um, brokerages like Coinbase and Upwork and um, it's just. Various Infinite. exchanges, yeah, Robin. Are actually don't. Okay, don't, don't use it, guys. <laughs> don't on. use Robin. Like Coinbase yeah. is not the enemy, but Robinhood, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, come I mean, on. They don't. So they basically don't have their own wallets. You can't. Right now, they're working on it. Supposedly, working on it. Air quotes. Um, I don't think that you can transfer Ethereum off of Robinhood. They're trying to get it. Yeah, to like, that, But right now, you don't own your crypto. If you have any, I mean, I know guys with. Um, a whole Bitcoin on Robinhood, 
And I'm like, you gotta just liquidate that, send that cash somewhere else, or, or do something. Yeah, because something. I would bet that Robinhood doesn't even hold that Bitcoin. Right. They and they, like else. A f- that f- like if you own, it's not a one to one ratio. I bet right. they they probably own a stake in somebody's pool of Bitcoins. Yeah, sure. Um, and that's that's actually how most brokerages do it. Is is they they purchase into a certain number of shares that of of you know X companies that they can sell. Um, you know, to touch on, to touch on, you know, like MetaMask and, and Robinhood, I think the fundamental difference between these organizations is why they were created, right? Um, you know, MetaMask is a really cool totally. organization and they've evolved into a company so that they can pay people. Um, the, the inception of MetaMask was to assist with decentralization, right? You know, you're talking about a, a product that utilizes the blockchain to allow people to store cryptocurrency or another token on a different blockchain. And that's that's genius. That's exactly what you should use it for. You know, the blockchain's purpose is to be a security algorithm. And so storage amongst the blockchain is one of the best things you can do. And hopefully, you know, hopefully all banks start to go towards that. It, it is the best security out there. Um, you know, from a computer science perspective, the blockchain comes from cryptography. Um, research into cryptography over the decades led to the blockchain. So, you know, this is exactly what you should be doing. And the people behind it are often, you know, just a bunch of nerds that want to see something cool happen. Now, let's talk about Robinhood. Right off the gate, who would name their company Robinhood (laughs) except... Stealing from the rich. But who views investing as stealing from the rich and giving to the poor? The rich do. The rich view it that way because they think that they think that their contributions to the market, you know, constitute donations to the public. And and so right there, right from the get go, you know who made Robin Hood. You know what they're doing out there. And they're they are just like any other traditional brokerage, except they have half of the licensure that all these other companies do. And so, of course, they're doing bad things with your money because they can't legally do it. When you talk about an organization like Coinbase that deals specifically in decentralized assets, they don't play by the same set of rules that like Charles Schwab does. But Robinhood has to because they came about before they were into crypto. And so you know they are classified as a securities exchange. They have to comply with a ton of laws. And moreover, you have to apply as a company to possess certain levels of, you know, of licensure, of, of ownership possibility. And so when you saw all that stuff happening with GME, with AMC, with Doge, and how they froze people's assets or, or, or stopped allowing them to buy stocks, I mean, the lawsuits are here. And people are winning for a good reason. Yeah. I mean, look at XRP right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't, We've been fighting for, what, two, you three can't, years? You can't even, like, now? transfer anything in or out right now. I got people with 6,000, 10,000 there that can't even do them. Can't mm-hmm. sell it, can't move it. Yep. It's just so, I mean, I don't know what we're talking about, you know? And this is, this, this, like, is so funny because this is exactly why I'm big on individual sovereignty because the whole point for, or I shouldn't say the whole point, but... A cornerstone of the blockchain is that it's not censorable. And when you keep your money on centralized exchanges like Robinhood, <clears throat> if someone wants your money to not move, your money's not moving. Yeah. 
but with the blockchain it never stops trading you're whether you're have a DeFi protocol that uses an automatic market maker or if you have a DeFi protocol that's just um, directly across the the order book there's there's solutions to moving your money <laughs> that were not available before and it, if a big brother wants to come and try to stop you from moving your money they're they're not able to because of the security and the cryptography that is native to the blockchain that's the beauty of decentralization right. even like mildly decentralized things i guess i mean because how decentralized is coinbase you know but they still all. it's not you can if you want to transfer your crypto out before they lock everything down maybe that's possible but that's another downside that, that they can shut it down or binance can shut things shut things down like if you have maybe a metamask would be the best option to store a lot of stuff or, or an air gapped wallet i have um some other hardware wallets and stuff like that the, the the interesting thing about metamask is you can just throw in almost any token you just get the token address and you put it in there and it can store it for you um i had an old one of the, the smaller ledgers i suggest buying the 120 dollar one not the 60 dollar one um the the higher one has a, a bigger memory but basically if i want to put an Ethereum coin on there, or an ERC-20 um, just base coin, I have to download the Ethereum blockchain wallet essentially on my ledger to simplify it, and then trade the coins there, but it only has a certain amount of memory. So I can only put like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then maybe one other um, before it, it's just full. So, uh, I mean, obviously if you have a bigger memory wallet, I'm sure yours is, is more... Mine takes SD cards. Nice. Yeah, so that, that would be good. But but just some of them, I guess, you would still have to download stuff. But MetaMask is pretty good because you can just yeah, throw it all in there and not have to worry about it. And you can even trade shit coins if you want. So yeah. Well, we should be clear that when we're talking about memory, like people should know that it's not um, the amount of money that you can keep on the, the ledgers. It's um, the amount of um, coins, for instance, like mm -hmm. or projects that types of, of, of tokens that you can keep on. Yeah. So for instance, you can keep a billion dollars in Bitcoin or you can, like, there's not a limit to that. Right. Yeah, definitely. And let's, let's wind it back for a second. If you're listening in and you have no idea what we're talking about, <laughs> but you're really scared that somebody like Coinbase is going to lose all your money. Uh, what can you do about that? Well, you can start by moving your, moving your cryptocurrency to a decentralized wallet. Now there are a couple options out there. We've talked, we've talked pretty highly about MetaMask. I use several MetaMasks. Um, I, Jack, does anybody here not have a MetaMask? I don't actually have one. Well, <laughs> I haven't actually used it. He's been telling me to use it, but I've been using so many other apps. More than five. I found pretty decent success, but if you guys are really bullish on it, I am going to look into it tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's really good. Um, I think there are some really interesting layer two wallets out there that are nice and secure. Uh, Loopring is a is a layer two that offers a wallet. Um, I think I think Algorand offers one as well. So. Um, and layer two is uh, just a little bit more secure than a MetaMask. Um, you know the the blockchain will evolve. You should always be looking for the latest security technology out there. Um, then you should be going for that. So those are my other two recommendations as far as on-chain wallets or things that you access from a web browser. Um, and then what, we were, what we're talking about are hardware wallets, uh, such as the Ledger, the Trezor, Trezor. I have an Elipol. Um, I know there are- Arculus or something, a card? It's just yes. like, a, like, a, like a bank card, essentially? There are a bunch of companies out there. 
the only one of the only big words of caution I would give is it's these hardware wallet companies while that will keep your crypto very safe uh, they have been known to lose people's personal information from time to time such as your credit card number or whatever they're new companies too so cut them some slack do your research and uh, it, it still is the best way to keep your cryptocurrency um, there's certainly a reason I use a hardware wallet and and it, you know just like Kyle was mentioning earlier it's because of all the ways you can access that cryptocurrency uh, down to literally selling it directly on the internet. You can always start anonymous transactions on crypto exchanges and you can just find somebody out there that wants to buy, you know, a hundred basic authentication token and they'll exchange fiat for that directly in a person to person transaction. One of the simplest ways to do it. Um, but that's why I keep a hardware wallet. It's just, it interfaces with everything. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but another thing I think what, one thing we need to let people know, beginners, experienced people, everybody. I've done stock options. I know you, Jacob has experience with options. Yeah. I know he did uh, like biotech stocks. I'm not sure about you. I know you probably know something about it though. But what I'm saying is we have to let people understand. You have to have, have an understanding of what you're trying to do, like these different strategies. So like if I know I have $5,000 out of my portfolio that I want to trade. I want to. This is what I'm using to trade. Okay, I'm gonna find the best online wallet for that. But if I got eighty-five thousand, hundred k, out of my portfolio, okay, maybe I want to take that off and put that on a cold wallet. I want to put that on my ledger and get it completely off the. You know, I'm letting that just sit there. So, I think people have to understand what are you actually trying to accomplish, and how to actually let them know what wallet I need to get first. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm only got 50 bucks, man, that, maybe I don't need to go get a ledger yet. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to get it going first. So exactly. right. I think that we have to understand what you're trying to do. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the, the hardware wallets are more for your maybe larger investments you'd like to right. hold. Like you were saying earlier, it's good to keep it on exchange. If you want a quick sell, if something, if you see a Bitcoin pump from 60 to 65, you need to take advantage of that and you don't have to go home, get your hardware wallet, set up everything transfer to an exchange, hope that they accept it, sell it, and then get your money out or something. So it right. is good to keep some if you're going to trade it and you have to differentiate between the two of them. So, yeah, the hardware wallets or even just on-chain um, soft wallets would be just kind of if you're wanting to hold stuff for a while. And then some of them, like on MetaMask, I'll have uh, Baby Doge, and it's actually staked through MetaMask. So it just accrues me more because they have a they have a sell fee. So whenever someone sells, they give up 10%. And I think 5% goes to like dog shelters and 5% goes back to just the entire liquidity pool. So I just keep it in MetaMask. I don't have to stake it at all. We can get into that as well. But um, so I, I just earn interest on it essentially from um, not having it on there. Yeah. Have it on there, you know, in the MetaMask. And not all of them do that. But because that one just, they have everything set up to do that. So it is good to go if you, if you want to, I think if you want to stake Ethereum or something, you have to go into a liquidity pool or, or do something else with it. I don't think it'll just be on MetaMask, but the coins that have that set up already. Yeah, well, you know, we are just saying, I just don't want people to, people to listen to us. We want, if you take nothing from what we're saying, don't fly blind. Have a plan. That's yeah. all we're saying. Have yeah, a plan. a hundred percent. Have a plan of what you're trying to do, and then you can figure it out from that, you know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Facts. I guess it depends on how much money you want to lose, too. Maybe 50 bucks is all you have, and you want to put that on the ledger, because that's a lot of money well, to you, you know? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, I advise people if you only start out with fifty dollars, maybe you need to wait till you got like a hundred, <laughs> two hundred. I mean, I mean, you know, you put it out there. I mean, you, it's a lot of good. Like you said, the second, the two layers, uh, you know, the wallets, you know, security. You can put fifty bucks on there, yeah. and 
and huddle it on there, you know. Let it sit for six months, three months. You look up your fifty dollars now, four hundred dollars. Hey, yeah. you didn't do anything for it. Still a good investment, you know. I like that mentality that that uh, if you're gonna do something, go and do it right instead of just like dabble with it. Don't use Cash App to buy fifty dollars of Bitcoin every once in a while. Well, dude, I mean, it's like think about thinking from first principles. Like if you're gonna commit to learning something, like if you're gonna invest your time into something, learning something, you putting like putting your money where your mouth is, literally. And figuring it out as you go is, is, I think, people have found way better success than that just naturally. And that's that's one of my rules for trading is if I'm going to get into something, I'm going to send it. Yeah. And know your exit. Know yep. your entry, know your exit. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And the... I think, I think it's important to note <clears throat> that, like, what we're talking about is, is not necessarily the amount of money, but it's effort, Right. Because you may be you you know you may be some kid that's listening in and you're about to go spend you know all the allowance money that you've made on some crypto because that's what you want to do with do it. it or you want to get an NFT go for it and protect your assets in the way that you should. If you're somebody in Argentina who has you know less than you know twenty dollars to your name and you want to protect your money and you your com- your country is adopting crypto then do it. But I think it's. I think what the point is is it's effort. It's mm-hmm. effort. You got to put a hundred percent effort into it. Well, you got to understand it. And yes, yeah, so just tying like making this full circle. Your where you put your money. That's where your attention's gonna be. Yeah, really. hundred <laughs> percent. And another thing for young kids that are listening out there. Hope you're listening. Yeah. Instead of telling your mom and dad to get you Lebrons or Jordans for hundred fifty dollars, hey. how about ask them? You know. Dad, can you throw me a hundred Bitcoin and just put it in this wallet for me? Yeah, I just want to see up. what happens. You know, you know, you know. Every 90, birthday. What is it, $89, $90 for a PlayStation game? Jesus Christ, I'm in the wrong. I must be really old. <laughs> $100 for a game? I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm like, dude, I'll just put that into a couple coins. I mean, something. I mean, right. I don't know. But for kids out there, you know, I'm not saying don't play games, don't have fun. But you don't have to have every single game. A couple of those games, put that in some kind of crypto. Just pick one. Look at the top 10, top 20 chart. I mean, just pick something you think is good. I mean, mm-hmm. you just look at all and pick something. I mean, you'll be I something you'll you be like okay. too. Yeah, because like be you were okay. saying, your your you'll attention goes to right. your attention goes to your investments. That's why I invested in biotech. You know, a few years right, ago that's because what you're interested I in. liked right. it. I liked looking into that field and seeing the new advancements that they had. I thought it was fascinating. I can't do any of it. It's a bunch of doctors and dudes who know what they're doing. But yeah. you know, it was cool to like watch it and and just invest into something that I thought was good and going to help the world and stuff. And and the same goes with crypto. Just Maybe you don't like Bitcoin. You don't have to have any Bitcoin. But if you really like Litecoin and you think that, that what they're doing is cool <laughs> or, or a Voyager token is great Long and, then, and you want to just you know invest <laughs> in that out. company, it's good to do that too. So definitely uh, but do something you're interested in. I think what you're saying is even bigger than that, like developing habits from a young age. Yeah. And yep. I mean, just that delayed gratification. What are the age and limits right now on crypto? Well, I mean, the I mean, age limit is irrelevant if the kid asks them. What's yeah. the age limit on R-rated movies? The kid's watching. No, I mean, yeah, you're supposed you're right. to be 18 to get them, but they still download them. I mean, I'm saying. How would kids they... nowadays tell their parents, I want it. They'll, they'll set up a wallet for them. I'll put yeah. Jimmy's, little yeah. Jimmy's name, and I'll give them $95 exactly. to see what happens. They can do it. Right, and they can get it when they're 18. Kids can figure out, trust country. me, kids can figure out how to, <laughs> kids been jacking parents since <laughs> the beginning of time. Trust me, I know. Right. <laughs> I usually try to do it. Kids can always figure out a way if they really want it. Sure. Yeah, and just yeah, getting in the, getting in the habit of thinking thing, thinking of purchases with having an ROI on everything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then not only with purchases, but an ROI on your time. So where mm-hmm. you spend your time. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a and ROI is a return on well, investment. Well, not only that, uh, another direction. We're doing a crypto cast here, but we don't want to let people. We don't want to mislead people to thinking we should. We don't talk about diversifying your assets. Absolutely. You know, crypto is not a hundred percent of our, any mm-hmm. of our things. I don't think. I you mean, know, yeah, I've got a mortgage. We don't want Stanley. people to think right. Man, we got gold. Yeah. We got gold. You got platinum. You got other precious. Mm-hmm. We got diamonds. And we're saying don't still diversify. Diamonds. Well, I'm just saying we're still <laughs> saying diversify things. You know, I don't want people to think. I mean, there are thousand percent. That's all they got is crypto. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's still diversified out there. I'm just saying. And and what he was saying, developing habits as well. Seven years ago, six or seven years ago. Um, I got a Robin Hood. That was my first thing because I was working at a restaurant and right when I started there, this guy was talking about it. I think it, it had just come out or been out for a year or so. And he was just telling me, yeah, it's like a you know exchange that you could use. Like It's just super easy. Put your money in, buy something, and sell it when you want. So I started doing $5 a week. It would just come out of my account and it would go into my Robin Hood. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you're young and broke and that's all you can do, that's all you can do. And that will compound eventually after a year, two years, three years. And I would increase it. I think after a year I did $10 a week, you know, and then I would just throw in, that's, that's a Decepticon. That's what they're made of. Um, and <laughs> you just have the craziest thing <laughs> on your desk. Oh, yeah. Um, I know, right? It's actually from a Megatron. Yeah, yeah. Get that a, came real, the real brief. Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> Holy it's right. part of the yeah, Allspark, no, bro. I know what you're saying, though. You're building habits, like you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and so even if it's not much, you know, if you can only do five, ten dollars, do that. You know, twenty. If you no, can no, do a hundred. Do anything. that. I mean, Robin Hood did do a good job. I give them this. They did. Yeah, I would do something I, else I remember, now. I remember when they, <laughs> I remember when they first came out. They did a good job of making it an easy segue for people that are new into the investment crypto yeah. space to get involved. They did. They did a good job of that. I mean, uh, other than that, I mean. Uh, that could be said for another day, but <laughs> at least they did make it an easy, like, little conduit for people to get involved with it. Right. You know yeah. I mean? You know, I definitely... Absolutely. I don't want to be like we're just bashing all over. No, it. yeah, and yeah. I think I think it's so easy for Web3 guys to s- immediately bash on the Web2 things. Like, everything has their place, and like you're saying, there's a conduit to get, to getting, to piquing somebody's interest and getting them involved in the space in one way or another. So I think they do... There's credit to be had given purpose. there. Yeah, absolutely. Now the, now the time is up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, of the opinion, I'm of the opinion that things are allowed to have positive impacts before they take a, take a, take a dive. You know, like, Com- yeah, completely. at one point, Marilyn Manson was just a rock artist, man. Yeah, I know you're saying. <clears throat> you know, like. It's the calm before the storm. Yep. The, and sometimes there, there are good things that come before out of, the crash. of bad, <laughs> you know, of the. It goes both ways. Sometimes there are good things that come of, you know, ill-to-be events, and sometimes there are bad things that come of good intentions. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. You know, like, I'm a rip on everything that Robin Hood has done, but I'm not, like, sitting here trying to say that, like, yeah, yeah. they're they're morally of poor yeah, character. Like, <laughs> I, don't, like that. I, don't, I don't have no money in them. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know, right? Good luck, man. No, but one, one thing I think is a good thing about our podcast here, for everybody listening, we always give you a message. The message is, we're trying to help you navigate through this. And, you know, we talk about various subjects, but everybody's got their opinions on things. My, my, my point is, I want to listen to guys who are going to help me increase my bottom line. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, they told me something that I can incorporate in my investment strategy or in my life that helps. So that's what we're trying to do. So some of these, if people listen and they think, well, they're just talking about a bunch of random things. But these topics are all to try to help you see how to navigate through this 
Wild, wild west of crypto. As we said before. <laughs> you put that in there. Put that Clint wood in there. <laughs> I think you, you put that wild, wild west. I think we should also note that Jay pulled out his hardware wallet from his Prada. Um, I yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say anything yet. Yeah. The fact that I'm, <clears throat> hey, that's what crypto does. Everybody, if you start Prada getting into crypto, what if you got a Prada wallet? That's what <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Look. <clears throat> You never know it looking at him. You say, this dude got a Prada wallet. Ugh. Prada fam- fanny pack, really. I'll defend wow. myself. Satchel. I'll defend myself. I like fashion. <laughs> that is one of my vices. Being a fashionable man is never out of style. <laughs> that just, that's just what and it crypto is. crypto is so, helping you do that. And crypto is helping me do that. Yep. And, and also, I would like to speak on behalf of all tech opportunities out there. Yeah, like The amount of money that's available out there for doing next to nothing... But just being, you know, technologically understanding is, yep. is huge. Like literary, literary you know, literacy, technical literacy. As long as we're as long as we're trying to guide people down the right path, the you know, like the the Prada bags or whatever. I'm sure I'm gonna be called out so, <laughs> something else. Well, that's your own it's thing. All love. That's your we're own thing. Kidding. You can do your yeah. own thing. But that but that all came from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking about focus and what you focus your time on and what your return on investment is. I will tell everybody right now, you can invest a very small amount of time learning how to be a programmer and you can have a big return on investment. That That is 100% true. Um, I am not some like... Learn I'm not code, some like, bro. Yeah. I'm not some like Google executive or like Google program manager or whatever. And I'm, I, you know, like I'm not the best programmer. I'm not. I'm simply not. But in the same breath, it's given me a lot. And so I, you know, if you're Truth. if you're wondering what to do out there, and you uh, and you know who knows you you might be into crypto, you might want to get into the technology behind that. Let me tell you, Vitalik gets paid a lot. Let me tell you, some of the some of the people that are at the top of crypto that are actual cryptographers, they get paid a ton of money. That's the big bucks. Well, everything, apps, mm-hmm. DApps. Oh yeah. Crypto. I mean, just web. 3.0, I mean, anything programming related, you, mm-hmm. I think you'll be good. I'm in the G League right now, but, you know, there's a whole professional sport above me, you know, like. But that's all right. That's how you get there. A lot of people have been called up from the G League. Facts. Speaking Actually, of, speaking of which, <laughs> I don't know if we should say it, but, yeah. I've been in the G League for a good number of years, though. It's like the concerning amount of time. We are like, is he really going to turn <laughs> no, into something? I had uh, Clay Thompson send me fifteen dollars worth of Bitcoin. Yeah, Golden State Warriors. Mm. I showed it to him. He put a uh, a post on his Twitter feed. He was him and Andre Iguodala going to take some of their salary in Bitcoin this year, and they're giving out one million dollars worth. Just post your Cash App, another app. Post your Cash App to their page. Yep. Like six hours later, I was at work with him. I said, "Oh shit, it came through." I said Clay oh, yeah. Thompson. So I said, "Oh man, he read my he read my name." <laughs> this is so everybody's getting into cryptos. I mean, for whatever reason, you know. Uh, yeah. I have a huge smile on my face right now because in the last month we've seen the nuance of airdrops and vampire attacks really shake shape. Yep. So it's funny to see these guys doing the same thing with yep. the, the Web two space. And he's probably not actually coming out of his paycheck. Probably, you know. Yeah, it looks like they're doing some type of partnership with Cash App because apparently they only yeah. offer Bitcoin, no mm-hmm. other coin. Mm-hmm. So it's, they must be doing something with them to get to. So you know, which it did work because now I got it in my and now I'm using Cash App. It yeah. worked. I th- I think uh, yeah, there's definitely something to be said there. So like, 
you know, a couple of basketball players are in the news, and what they're doing is not giving out money. You're, Jeff, you're exactly right. They're partnering with other companies, yep. and these are sponsorship deals. Right. Right. Um, you know, let's talk about a commercial ad campaign. You know, like how much does it take to how much does it take to develop the uh, Jeff Bridges Dr Pepper Fansville commercial Jeff series? Bridges. Uh, that is like millions of dollars. And so, of course, somebody like Clay Thompson would invest the same type of money to build his own brand. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just what it is. So you got to understand that, that these are business what moves. Are and people are, people are also out there misleading you. Uh, like Floyd Mayweather and Kim Kardashian oh, are yeah, embroiled yeah, in a scam. Yeah. Whether, whether those two individuals know what they were getting into or not, questionable. But, you know... It, celebrities are getting in on this too. And the people with money right now are going to be doing exactly the same things that we're trying to do. You just got to watch out for it. Well, the beauty of what Clay Thompson did is he just put it on Twitter. That's free. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't pay for for any advertising at all. Pays for itself and everybody goes, I want free money. He just put it on his page. Yeah. And the million followers he has, and I'm one of them, I mean, you know, and now Cash App is like, whoa. They got they 15 got bucks out of it. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a life changer, but for me, yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you're going to get rich off of right. it. I'm Could just go saying, to 30. Yeah, That's I'm just saying, it's thing. cool just to say, hey, man, dude, actually sent me some free money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could put that $15 into like a sub penny coin. Yeah. And then guess what? Yep. That 15 go to 2,000, 3,000. Like, hey, thanks, yep. Clay. You know what I mean? Now it's a little different. That's exactly. how that asymmetric bets, that's what they call it. Like yeah. long shot things, you know? Um, I wanted to move back on our notepad, if you don't mind. But before yeah, that, I wanted to comment real quick. If you do buy Louis Vuitton, you know, jackets or Christian Louboutin red bottoms, you can resell <coughs> those in the future for <coughs> 75%, maybe 60% of the price you bought them, which is nice. I mean, if you if you buy a Nike shirt for 60 bucks, it's hard to sell it for $30, and then you're losing that. But if you... You do well, buy some Eddie nice Bowers stuff. Like that too. It's going to last a little I'm gonna, longer. I'm depending I'm on what it is, I guess. I'm about to steer everybody from from Brooklyn, New York to Los Angeles in the right direction here when it comes to design and clothing. Buy the accessories. Buy the belts. Buy the, you know, like wallets. Buy, buy us Buy belts. the leather goods. If you're listening, donate some Gucci belts. Uh, like purses. Uh, I, I would I would stay away from things like shoes until you really know that's what you want to do with it. I would 100% stay away from hoodies, clothing, you know, pants, anything that anything that falls into that category. You're just wasting your money, you know. Like it, the the manufacturers of like Gucci T-shirts are the same people that put stuff on the shelves at Walmart. Don't spend your money on that, kids. But the leatherware and the bags and stuff, you know, the jewelry. Go for that. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna swag yourself out, at least buy the right things. And those are also the items that are most likely to hold up. Now, if you wanna buy yourself a pair of Christian Louboutins, ladies, understand that they don't fit everybody's feet. Try them shits on first, get your ass up in sacks, and put those things on. Don't just order them off the internet. Find something that actually works for you. Same for dudes. Designer shoes are uncomfortable. Y'all are used to wearing your Adidas and your Nike sneakers that have these new boost technologies in them. These designer brands have not followed. And it, boy, let me tell you, my feet hurt sometimes. So just don't go there. You're going to get your shoes dirty. Buy the bags, buy the belts, buy, the, buy, buy that stuff. What did well that, that one designer quality. say? Quality. Uh, Fashion and beauty is pain. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. I wanted to go back to when you said Pakistan was banning crypto. Yes. Why? 
so I'm going to maybe offer two points of view. I'm sure there's more, but why would <coughs> governments want to ban crypto? I would say one would be they want to control their currency. They don't want the decentralization of their citizens taking charge of their own finances. Maybe that's like the more morbid view of it. Maybe um, the other view I would take is they don't necessarily understand it and they might want to um, reduce crime or, or dark web transactions or whatever it may be over there, buying drugs, I guess, or, or just having off-grid um, transactions. I mean, whether we agree with that or not, I think some governments might either be scared or do you think it would be, I guess, depending on the country, more of like a, um, uh, an evil sort of approach that they, don't, they want to control more? Yeah. Yeah, you're, not, you're not morbid at all. That is, that is the reason. I don't think it, uh, to me. I don't. I don't think there is another reason. You can say like, the government doesn't want this to happen or this to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. In an effort to control the economy, if we don't want this to happen, this happen. It's in an effort to control. The, it's still the same thing. What you said in the beginning. Only reason you would not want any currency. You don't want your citizens to have a certain type of currency. Compete so you can control it. Yeah, just like America. When I told you about the gambling I used to do, well, uh, which. Uh, I had some money sent out of an account. It wasn't me, but you know, <laughs> back then they didn't want you to send money out to a, like a, you know, the offshore gambling companies. They wanted to keep you wanted to keep it in house. Mm. You know, that's where Bovada and like uh, mm. some of these like DraftKings before DraftKings and all that. That's why they made them here so America could get their piece of it. But mm. before you used to have to use like an offshore gambling account, mm. but they didn't want you to do that. It's like you're sending your money off out of America, so it's. Controlling again. They didn't even want me to gamble with my own money. Right. Yeah. Yep. I can put it anywhere I want. Right. I thought I could, but no. Yeah. Oh yeah. They want to gamble in the house. Then it's okay if I go to Vegas and gamble. It's okay. Mm -hmm. If I send it to Bar Barbados or the Bahamas, mm -hmm. it's not okay. So. Yeah. It's back to what you said. It's control. Is all I'm saying. You know. So I think uh, the news as it pertains directly to Pakistan. Um, this is a little blurb from a report. The committee submitted the report to the Sindh High Court, I'm butchering that, which was hearing a case about digital currencies and ordered its formation. It cited concerns on the use of cryptocurrencies for money laundering and financing terrorism. Um, so reading through the rest of the article, they are, certain countries I think are, are put at a large disadvantage by cryptocurrency. Um, in their eyes, they view it as a way foreign investors can just take hundreds of millions of dollars from their population. Um, to everybody that is in Pakistan that is like, my crypto is going to be literally banned right in front of me. Uh, like, what the fuck, man? You know, like that sucks. But well, the funny thing, I don't want to cut you off, but you just said something about, they said an article about counterterrorism. Yeah. I mean, not counterterrorism, dark web. Yeah. Okay, so did terrorism just start? Like, when, when did crypto start? 2010? It's like a war on drugs type I mean, thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, like... when it just started? I mean, we've been, America's been funding, that's a whole other story. We've been funding <laughs> terrorism for 100, 200 years. It ain't got to do with crypto. It ain't gonna do because it's gonna make dark web transactions. Okay, we got the drug industry, we got child trafficking, we got, I mean, crypto. I mean, that ain't gonna do with it. I mean, money. It's gonna happen regardless of what the currency is. Mm -hmm. I so, mean, they can't blame that on crypto. I mean, you know. So I'll I'll speak for I'll speak for uh, all the scammers out there in the United States that have gotten extremely good at what they do. Uh, some countries just are not ready for that. And we understand that. And they're like cryptocurrency is a them. very easy them, you know? road for them to lose a lot of money. Um, like some Snapchat icon was just arrested for being a money launderer. 
and it turns out the guy had created a fake banking website and was just taking money from people in Saudi Arabia because it looked American. And he like faked a couple of commercials. Of course, he was a Snapchat star. Where do you think he got all the camera equipment from? This dude was making millions every week doing that type of stuff. And so I think certain countries... And now he's arrested. Yeah, and now he's arrested. Yeah, certain countries you view it... You could do that without crypto. You could do that with a regular banking web, website. Yeah, like app. yeah. You don't, it don't have to be crypto. You could fake... If you're going to do fake commercials, I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy went to a... He went to a far length to try to, like, extort from people. So yes. that ain't crypto's fault. Yes. Yeah. You see what I mean? 100%. You're, you're 100% right. I always think it's important to to just like note where the other side might be coming yeah. from. It doesn't mean that they're not stupid as hell. Oh my no, god! Gotta like, have different it's just short sighted. It's just short sighted to ban something like that because you believe it's a pathway to funding crime. If crime needs to be funded, they're gonna figure that out. Right. You know, <laughs> like, it's like a pessimistic attitude. Half yeah. full, half empty. It's like. Uh, if we do that, this is our citizens. They're gonna do. They're gonna resort to evil. I mean, man, man, yeah. that's a good way to think about your country. I mean, <laughs> if we give them this, then they're not gonna do right. I mean, wow. Uh, you guys seen any further news in Kazakhstan? No, I have not seen any further news in Kazakhstan, but I have seen further news with Russia Which and tensions between the, the Eastern right Bloc European countries it's heating close up. By. It definitely is. So I think. Kazakhstan is pretty much off the grid right now. Um, we know that they disabled their internet a while ago, so, you know, shouts out people in Kazakhstan. I hope y'all are doing all right. Hope y'all can get this. Hope y'all can get this, at least sometime. Yeah, you will. Um, but yeah, nah, that's crazy. Um, and all around them, the world is kind of tensing up a little bit. Um, I think some of the most interesting news that I've seen as of late... Uh, U.S. intelligence indicates Russia preparing operation to justify invasion of Ukraine. Now, we have pretty good reason to believe that they're actually doing this. Um, there's a, there's a, a town in the region that they're targeting that famously years ago had a, like a pro-Russian protest, and the Russian government blew this up into a, a national you know, news item. It very much suits their purposes. Um, so we know that they're somewhat associated already. Um, the U.S. intelligence community vets all this information. Um, you know, this is something that Russia has, uh, has played out before in military exercises. And of course we keep tabs on them. Um, so if you're over in Ukraine, good luck. I hope you're staying safe. Y'all have been in the thick of it for a long time. For people that don't know, Ukraine has been at war with Russia uh, you see that little peninsula right down on the bottom of Ukraine. Russia just came in and took that shit a couple years ago. Because this is Russia down here, right? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, they Here's just the go border. right Here's through the, border, the middle though. of Kazakhstan and Ukraine. Kazakhstan's a lot bigger than I thought. Kazakhstan's huge, bro. It's, very see, you big. Up, it's see, enormous. You start seeing Georgia and stuff. Yeah. See, see, they were at the Ukraine border. Right. It's all this right here. Stay right yeah, there. Russia, right. Wow. This yep. is where they're at. See, this is where I was. <laughs> Yeah. 100%. I was like right back next door. So once again, war knocks on the door of first world countries. Yeah, we find I mean, ourselves back, unfortunately. Turkey's right there. Greece. Not to mention Romania. Finland, Poland. Serbia. When you zoom out, you'll see even more. Yeah. And uh, while we're looking at it, Moscow is <coughs> really these are supposed to be there. some crypto-friendly countries. 
There's Estonia, what nothing over Latvia, here, and then Moscow, yes, and Belarus. They say, yeah, we got we have, we have people in these countries. I seriously wish all the best. No, I got Moldova. Um, on the other podcast that I have, we have uh, listeners in Pakistan, so it does reach out that far. Exactly. Um, if right? you are out there, I guess transfer some of your stuff out to some sort of wallet, and then maybe like like we were talking about, like a MetaMask, and then. If you can get out or you're planning to get out, you can access it from another country, I suppose, and still get your yes. stuff back. But yep. Yeah, and see that that's that, the crypto. It. Yep. That's a huge use for the blockchain. Well, if you have an internet connection, you can you can still access your crypto. Yeah. As long as you provided you have the, the keys. Yeah. You know. In the last podcast, we talked about how they shut down Kazakhstan's, uh, Kazakhstan. I can never. Um, they shut down their internet. So they mine 12 to 15, 16% of the Bitcoin. Um, that accounts for a little dip in the market in early January. Um, and then we basically haven't heard any news so far, I don't think. Um, they're still on a, like a lockdown or protest or something. Yeah, we're just going to have to take our own trips. Oh, yeah. That's what this is. I, I, yeah, just, just I like, make I like me to the know foreign stuff correspondent. From the news, but for me, going over there last year, I realized the news only gives you a, a slanted perspective. I don't care how much research we do. you got to go over there unless you know somebody over there. 100%. Two nah. weeks of rioting, 12,000 people have been arrested. That number is probably way bigger. Yep. 300 criminal investigations into mass protests and assaults on law enforcement That's are underway. Cheesecake. <laughs> I, love how they, I love how they call it assaults on law enforcement officers. Get the fuck out of here. Authorities say that 164 people have been killed in the violence as of Sunday. And so today's Friday, but the total death remains unclear. Um, yeah, it began on January second, supposedly after a hike yeah, in fuel prices. Is, but yeah, I don't know how much. I mean, that's what I say. We no. we need our own Those points of contact. Really. That's what we need. I mean, I don't, so I don't trust a lot of these outlets yeah, anymore. You're right. So I think one of I the one. one of the like, I mean, I'm saying it's a lot, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the minor things that you saw mentioned in that article was that Russia is also taking that opportunity to send troops into Kazakhstan, yep. right? And it, you know, you you just saw the map. You know how close those those two are, and how much how much you know ability they would have to access Ukraine, you know, just owning that country. Yeah. So it's well, uh, maybe that's too much for this this one. But <laughs> when, I, when I see other when I see all these reports about Russia does this, Kazakhstan does this. Africa does this, Spain does this, China did this. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I, yeah. I never see. I mean, we invade people all the time. I mean, you know, we do it. We, we're the best at it. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, I've been here my whole life. I mean, I've seen stuff we've done and wiped under the rug. We never hear that. I mean, but it's always somebody else. That's you don't have I to say hear. we. I mean, it's. Well, I mean, I live here. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I'm just kidding. I think I think that's I think that's very much the truth. Um, I think, you know, COVID was an event like that, you know, where shit's just going to happen, you know, like regardless of what you think about it, shit's going to happen and you can't deny the body bags. And that's just kind of the way the world turns. But the market also turns with the world. And so it's important to talk about all this stuff and it's important Mm -hmm. to pay attention. Uh, You know, people have been interested in killing each other for a long time. We spend a lot of money on that shit, you know, like. Drive some the, economies, go back, arguably. Oh yeah, go back to the gladiator. Go back to the Roman, the Roman Caesar. I mean, you go back before that. The oh yeah, medieval times, the golden age, the dark ages. Go keep going back. Conflict. Go back to, go back to Adam and Eve. Go Conflict. back to Cain and Abel. I mean, we've been murking each other since the <laughs> beginning of the time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 
And uh, we used to be hunted by like saber tooth tigers and stuff. So yeah, this is this is a step up, you know. So once again, we're back to what we're talking about. What he said was what he liked DeFi. It's being able to control your own, control mm-hmm. some of the portion of your own life. That's what we're trying to do. And having this your is money, a way of doing it, yeah. having your own money, and being able to move your own money yeah. where you want to go. Because say you're a refugee and you're trying to get out, and you can't take your money with you. You can take the clothes on your back and maybe like a backpack with some stuff in there. But you have to start all well, over. It depends, though. Like it depends on who you know or whatever. Like, yeah. If you send some money to another wallet outside, mm-hmm. I mean, you can be able to access the wallet once you leave the country. That's exactly. all you need to be able to do. Yeah, transfer all your money into a to wallet, if you wallet can. somewhere. Yeah, switch it out somewhere. You got the code. If you got them in your head or yep. whatever, a little paste paper or something. Yeah. Branded in your skin, you know, <laughs> and the code words. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then you can. There's a way to do it's, it. It's but a crypto new, makes that possible, though. New ability for yeah. freedom. Because yep. I can't imagine just being a refugee and not having anything and just going. And, and so this this is an interesting opportunity, and I don't know if it's too late for some of the countries, maybe with the laws and stuff. But um, I think Carl wants to. Uh, talk about a certain new project that he found and, and is pretty oh. interested in. All right. So this is a perfect segue because, um, so let's, we should talk about how blockchains, um, what makes blockchain secure. Um, and that's because they're basically a distributed ledger. And what that means is you can have more than 51% of the people verify the ledger. And once you have consensus, then that's basically what, tells everybody how much each person has in money. But when we go over to countries like Venezuela and um, some of these countries that have had their currencies debased by inflation, we we enter into a arena where the government is trying to keep money inside the country. They're not trying to get liquidity to leave the country. So they, with Bitcoin, it's a good good first step because you can – you can have um, control over your own money, but and you can send the money, but you, the um, a government can still see that y- Bitcoin is what's co- what we call pseudonymous. So if you know somebody's wallet address, you know who they are. What so and it, what the Venezuelan government is trying to do is crack down on finding out whose wallet addresses belong to who and going after those people. Now. That's why we run into projects that are um, anonymous. So projects that want to keep, um, they want to obfuscate wallet addresses and the amount of money that um, each person has in that wallet address and obfuscate the transactions so that it gives another step from governments and Big Brother cracking down on on um, these transactions. So that's kind of how I ended up running into Zeno. And um, it's a very new project out of a bunch of devs from the Ukraine and they're they're working on obfuscating um, e-commerce transactions and so if you think back to Silk Road and giving people the power to transact um, with with Bitcoin we're just this is a piece of the puzzle that obfuscates those transactions to the online stores and so that's what um, that's what Zeno is used for and it obfuscates transactions so if liquidity is moving out of a country it uh, it's a it's a it's a way to do so that um, where a big brother, a big brother figure is gonna have a lot harder time, um, going after and finding somebody who's making those transactions. To to simplify it real quick, <coughs> it it covers your tracks. Um, yeah. So if people think back to um, what Monero was, 
Um, this That's is, just what I was going to ask you. How's that compared to oh, our old friend, XMR? Yeah, so Monero's great. Um, shout out to those guys. Freaking, um, they had one of the, uh, if you can call it a smart contract, they have one of the, the, the first uh, anonymous smart contracts and, and blockchains. So this is just the, um, this is a, um, a second generation privacy coin, if you will, and it's going to be able to interact with, um, with with websites and be able to send people money and obfuscate addresses and so. Uh, do you know if they're planning to do like a MetaMask kind of thing where you can link it to a web browser? Yeah, yeah, you'll be able to. Um, like the Tor can kind of do, I guess. Yeah, so you'll be able to view Zeno in MetaMask. Okay. Um, so they'll have the smart contract, and so that'll allow them to to transact just like you transact the uh, Ethereum. Sweet. Yep. And it's it's not necessarily easily accessible right now, so because you have to do you have to find the address. Can you help people? Um, are you asking about like if the you wanted to get it on, use? on an exchange? Oh yeah, um, so there's. They they're still pretty early. They're like nothing number eight hundred on the list right now. That's pretty good though. Coin market cap, yeah, they've got like a twenty million dollar market cap. Um, they, um, sorry, I just forgot your question. Excuse me. Um, how people can get it? Oh, it's not oh on yeah, Binance yeah, right, right. <clears throat> yeah, it's not on Binance. No, not on Uniswap. Um, it's on STX, I believe, or people can mine it. Um, but just be careful when if you're gonna get into the mining game because I know there's like AMD and Nvidia have started to put low hash rate LHR um, algorithms into their GPUs. So just um, it, it runs on the POW PAGZ algorithm. That's what Zeno is based off of. So um, do some research on that before you start mining it. I I um, what is Pi? Proof of so it's like proof of work, but it's just based on the like you know, the network. Nobody else. So proof of work uses hash rates. So you're basically hashing an algorithm and like Bitcoin. Yeah, no just traditionally like Bitcoin. Um, and then you have um, various proof of work algorithms, whether it's a scripting algorithm or et cetera. And then you have what's called um, proof of stake, which is your actually the liquidity provides the security for the network. And then, obviously, with Helium, you're really familiar with the proof of coverage algorithm, mm-hmm. where you're actually providing coverage over a physical um, domicile. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, th- I think to uh, just kind of expand upon the different ideas that there are out there. <laughs> well, proof of work. Flag, stake, <laughs> work. Yeah, I was stake, I was saying KYC work. earlier. That's what oh. I was trying to get at. Yeah. E- oh, so um, no. Know your customer. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, for people out there who don't know, KYC is basically anti, um, part of the anti-money laundering and anti-terrorism funding, anti-bad um, um, th- thing funding, I guess you can wrap it up and say. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so people who have, a, I mean, the, with the five eyes, if you have a business in, um, in uh, the UK, Australia, the US, um, you, you got to follow um, KYC and AML laws to be able to have a business license. Yes, definitely, definitely. It's kind of like the Geneva Conventions for business. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. There's all another form of tracking. You know, you put in all your information. Some of these apps yeah. say you have to take a picture with your <clears throat> ID and you're holding a sign that says my name on it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it appears to me that 
I guess that's their way of doing the anti-money laundering. If we have this much information and a picture and a handwritten thing, Must maybe nobody... Legit. Right. That's what I think they're thinking is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. To just go back to the, the Zeno topic for a hot second. Yeah. Um, sure. Like the thing, the thing with Pakistan banning cryptocurrency is, is pretty similar. They're just trying to prevent a loss in liquidity from their own country. Uh, you know, just like we talked about that happening with Venezuela, the way they, the way a lot of these countries seem see fit to do this is just to ban it outright. I mean, with with Pakistan, you're talking about a country that's banned like French goods. They just don't believe in things that are made in France. It's like the devil's work or something. So literally, they just banned all products from France. Like you can't get anything from there. And uh, you know, it's the that's 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 type of shit that's happening in those countries. So <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy, actually. Um, basically, governments don't want their current, or I shouldn't say governments, I should say treasuries don't want their currency debased. And um, yeah, because then if their currency is debased, then their debt is basically... Uh, Yo, if, if you're one of these countries that owns a low-value currency, you have memes that are worth more than your GDP today. <laughs> today. <laughs> Let's like let's be honest. Uh, Doge is uh, the reason to get into crypto. Yep, if I was 100%. one of those countries, I'd open it one hundred percent. Yeah, we're making Litecoin our one hundred percent currency of our country or something. Pick one. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Do a deal with one of the coin. One of the mm-hmm. you know. Not this, the joke used to be that Texas has a GDP larger than most other countries out there, well, and California that's true. Too. Oh yeah, California yeah. too, and now it's literally there's a joke out there. That has as much GDP as some countries. And that that's crazy. That's why countries Speaking are afraid of it. Did you see Elon Musk, our guy, accepting mm. the Dogecoin at Tesla mm. companies? They're gonna start you can Is that pay official? for things. I saw it on the you can probably find it. Look at uh, I saw it today. I don't know if they said there he's planning on it or it actually started happening. But he's gonna start accepting payments. Uh, I'm gonna have to reserve my opinions. For some items. I'm not an Elon Musk fan. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, me and Jack talk about it. I mean, I don't, this has nothing to do with whether I'm a fan of him or not. I'm just saying, if he tweets something out and it makes a spike, we need to be a he's part of it. the most followers. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. He's got the most followers. We can catch some of that money off his pop. I ain't saying we gotta support him. I mean, just you know, this yeah. Tesla merch buyable with Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, and that'll, that'll pump it. I just need him to tweet about well, it. Is. It's, up, it's, up, it's, up, it's up 18% today. Yeah. So it, that's it, why it I knew. Was, I knew something must have happened. I think he you know? used to have more influence over the market about a year ago. Um, yeah, 15% on Friday, yeah. Yep. Um, I think he had more influence in the market maybe a year ago or maybe last February in 2021. Yeah. I think it's starting to to get so much more people in it that, that don't necessarily follow him. And so it's not as uh, malleable to what he says. Not that he was purposely doing it, but they... I think I don't know if it's the uh, SEC so or the, somebody had to tell to him be. like, "Yo, chill. Yeah. You can't just keep tweeting stuff. It's kind of insider training, but kind of not." So I feel like he's yeah, it's, 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 it's market, it's market it's manipulation. No, yeah, yeah. Can, yeah, but you can't regulate it. There's no no organization exactly. regulating it. So yeah, it's just so the SEC for crypto. I, I guess in a, <laughs> yeah. in a forward-looking yeah. question, would you rather see cryptocurrency as a whole move past market manipulation like this? Or do you think things like this are a driver of the market? Is this something that you want to live with as somebody in the crypto space? Well, I think for right now, 
it's a driver, but yeah, you're right. Long term, you don't want it to sooner or later it's got to stabilize itself off. I mean, you don't want to just keep this manipulation going on forever, or you never. I mean, you want to have a somewhat stable market so you can like have something to depend on. I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you want to have to be able to trust it somewhat. And but uh, that brings me to another point. I was reading another article. A guy said that 2022, they think that this is gonna be the year to. He called it like a, a cleaning out. A cleansing, mm. like all these meme coins that that don't have any purpose, that that skyrocket. They said this year they're gonna, they're gonna start weeding all that out. They're gonna get back to the coins that have a purpose. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think the meme coins are gonna go away though. I don't know. It's making some people a lot of money every day. Yep. I think that I think that it's hard to it's hard to say anything for certain in the crypto space for the next year. Right. Right. Like. Right. I think that when you when you look at the world as a whole, you know, we just spent a, a couple minutes talking about the the east, you know, let's let's talk about what's going on here. You know, the Fed's jacking rates. We can't get an infrastructure bill passed that would be a large benefit to the economy. I don't like let's just be honest about that. But, you know, we can't get that passed and nobody knows where their money is coming from. And that's not a great place to leave the economy in, regardless of what side of the aisle that you sit on. This has been bungled. So everybody just needs to admit that. And we're just we're sitting here looking at each other going, rate hike, rate hike. We're not going to pass this bill. We're not going to pass more that money. bill. Print yep. more money. You don't print, print more money. Bitcoin, do you? Yeah. See? You can't get <clears> too, well, it's too kinda, much. Well, you, you do kind of mine Bitcoin. You kind of so. do. But yeah, it's you not kinda like do. print more paper money. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. we're so far in debt now. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. You know? yeah. Well, also, uh, I put the Federal Reserve on our notes because I want to talk that it's a it's a private organization it doesn't have like yep. a direct affiliation with the government they just use it as a separate entity and i yeah. think i mean we can get into who owns it but um people think it's yeah. the leg of the government which is really not right it's its own company the the government just leverages it because they have so yep. much power because they established power so long ago um that well it's a it's war of debt so basically who has it's a war of who has the be- the most debt and who can leverage that debt. And I think that can kind of tie up the the point to why we want like why the Federal Reserve wants liquidity to stay in the in the in the, in the states. Mm-hmm. They don't want their currency debased because their debt becomes worthless if it right. is. It's like yeah. a war of attrition. Yeah, you see all treasuries the around the world taking mm-hmm. action against this. Yeah. Yep. It's it's gonna be hard. It's it's a, it's gonna be a tough battle for crypto, you know, like I, I think there's a lot to be said for just how fucking crazy the government is. I mean, look at the war on drugs. That shit's insane. Well, no, but and I'm drugs glad this never is came close to debasing their currency. It's shedding a light on it. Without crypto, well, I won't say without it, but this is actually sh- opening people's eyes to how crazy the government is. Because it, when people start getting their crypto locked down, hold on, why are they doing this? Now you're starting to see what's been going on, you know? Yeah. I think this is actually helping. I'd like to make a connection between the rate hike that you were talking about and the the forthcoming NFT meme coin winter. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was just reading. I didn't put that out myself, you know. No, yeah. I think that I think that when yeah, we're at the top, I mean, one of one of the rules is sell the top and buy the dip, sell the news. Um, but when you when last time when we saw a rate hike, we saw Bitcoin spike. And when, like a lot of one school of thought is that Bitcoin didn't hit its marks that people thought it would in 2021 because of the amount of liquidity that was going to meme coins and and um, 
NFTs. So that liquidity being pulled from the market, like from the the OG cryptocurrencies, the Bitcoin, the Ethereum, and moving out into these other projects that we're seeing the the lack of volatility that has has happened there too. Um, so, I mean, we could be moving into an NFT winter and that liquidity could be going back into these OG product, projects like Ethereum and um, and Bitcoin and um, Dogecoin is always going to be there. <laughs> uh, I don't think Doge. we can get rid of Doge, <laughs> um, but that's that's a school of thought that, that um, might connect those two ideas. I, I'll, just to expand upon that, I think that the rate hikes are not a market driver so much as I think they're a symptom of where we're at. I think people look too much to reports of, you know, like inflation and, uh, you know, rate hikes by the feds as like, you know, something to something to bet on. If you understand why the government takes those actions, you can start to paint a bigger picture of where the country's at. And I think the concerning thing for me is watching the rise in the anti-work movement, watching the rise in the anti-service labor movement alongside the Fed's rate hike. I think that money will, will happen to pour into the crypto market regardless of what happens. But you've never seen 4.5 million people just quit their jobs. That's a significant percent of the U.S. population. Mm-hmm. With a population of around 350 million people, 1% walking off the job that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane because you're talking about 1% of $19 trillion. The only thing out there that is valued at $19 trillion, right? And so I think that, you know, when, when, you, look at the, when you look at the situation as a whole, comparing where we are now to 2017, 2018, the last time we saw rate hikes really happening, I think is wise. I, you know, you, there could be a lot of money to be made there, but I don't think it's the same situation. 2017, 2018 were very profitable years. There weren't supply chain issues like there are this year. There, there, you know, another thing like Jeff, you mentioned earlier, like why, why do we, why should we pay attention to all of the, you know, foreign news and stuff? Well, it, it's because of COVID. It's because since, since the last September of World War II, this amount of Russians has not died in one year. Right, So you're talking about a country that already feels backed into a corner just by the number of bodies that they're piling up, right? And so that's why we pay attention now. You know, like look at what's happening in Kazakhstan. They just took a whole country off the internet. That's terrifying. That should be terrifying to all of us, you know, especially, especially in, a, in a country with a government that, you know, has leverage over our ISPs, right? So, you know stuff is a little bit more serious this year than it has been in past years. And I think the market is more volatile than anybody cares to admit. Because I think, you know, all of these news items we've been desensitized to, right? But it may not necessarily, it may not necessarily be the same as it was before. And I think in COVID, we've all grown sort of used to a certain level of news, and through the through the Trump presidency, especially, no matter what side of that you were on, it was a very high time of news consumption. And so I think that now we should not be, you know, we should not be dismissive of world events because I do think they're going to have a huge impact on the market coming up. And I think it could be well, very volatile. Well, I don't want to, I don't know if I misconstrued my point. I don't, I'm not saying we shouldn't be abreast of, or be aware of what's going on in the news. I'm saying the outlets we're getting the news yeah, from. Yeah. 
That's all I was saying. We're I'm in America, saying. so it's it's right. doctored. It's like a skewed, it's doctored. Not up. North Korea style, but um, did you want to? We in America. We in North Korea style. Did you want to talk a little bit more about Zeno before we wrap this up? Do you want to know anything else about Zeno? Um, it sounds good to you. Should I? Should, you, all do I you, need to know is where to buy it, and you already told me. That's all I need to know. Yes. I'm going to get some. Do you um, recommend using that over Monero? Do you think it's like uh, the, the the new mm, V? How's it compared to Monero, in your opinion? I mean, it's. We can talk a little bit about that. Right. It's rolling. So. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Here, I, I didn't even know we were starting. Um, yeah, so Monero is great because it obfuscates uh, wallet, ad- or, yeah, it obfuscates wallet addresses. And I d- <clears throat> from a high level, I just would think that describing Monero to someone, I'd just say it's just like Bitcoin, but it's more anonymous. Um, same features, same, same, um, uh, same functionality. But when, I guess the comparative to Zeno is that Zeno is, um, their integration, their user experience interface is going to be a better way to interact with Web3 um, and decentralized applications on the internet, and so just websites. And that's going to be like there's going to be this e-commerce integration, so that's going to really, um, re- really level things up. And, Interesting. And yeah, having a like an anonymous e-commerce essentially. Yeah, yeah. Or so they're gonna they're gonna have an API that where people can spend money on e-commerce stores and. I imagine that they're going to um, have the MetaMask integration. So, Okay. What um, about fees? Gas mm. gas fees, transfer fees? What do you... With, with Zeno? Yeah, Zeno. Yeah, they're pretty low. Pretty um, low. That's good. They're, it's like the POG, POG. It's P-O-W-P-A-G-S-S algorithm. Yeah. And so it's kind of a hybrid between proof of work and proof of stake. Mm-hmm. So fees are pretty low. Yeah, you can still mine on it, but it's it's validated in a proof of stake style way. Interesting. Yeah. So it kind of saves energy. Yeah, they're they're leveraging some layer two technology. They're, they're leveraging some layer two technology to run validation on top of a proof of work algorithm. You know, something that's really interesting to me about like the whole like e-commerce platform idea, they're gonna have to comply with international export laws regardless. Like, there's some areas where you cannot do something without interacting with the government. Like, the the bottom line of it is that they already have a lot of shit locked down. Like, you know, like, all right, total aside, I build firearms. And there are some things that I buy off the Internet that I cannot send to other countries. And, in fact, it gives me a whole warning that's like, you will go to federal prison for 40 years if you do this. So I wonder, like, how that platform will play out given that. Because, like, how do you, how do you, as somebody that claims to be decentralized, regulate what goods can be sold on your platform, and at the same time comply with export laws? And actually be decentralized and at the same time. At the same yeah. time, yeah. Yes, this is a project that might get hit pretty hard with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. I mean, well, it may be a good for a little. Not to say we're all dollars and cents here on our podcast, but it may be good for a little 10, 20, 30K pop. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, like I said, know your exit, babe. Anything, we know what we're doing, you know? Well, the thing the thing with Zeno that I'm that I'm most interested in from my preliminary research is they're, they're pursuing at least some new form of layer two authentication, right? So that has a lot of value. Um, so I think they are, they're worth keeping an eye on, worth uh, making some initial investments in. Yeah, and I think uh, just privacy isn't, people, the the 80% of the population isn't going to go out of their way to make additional efforts to obfuscate their interactions on uh, online. Um, Zeno is a chain for people who um, care to become more private and have a have less of a um, leave less um, cyber dust behind. It's a different type of user that's going to be using this. It's not your yeah. beginner. Your beginner's not going to go get Zeno. I, I don't. I don't that, think so. I think. Right. I think this project, the way I found it is, is through someone who's been who just spends this time, um, all day going through the thousands of coins that are popping up, and actually figuring out who the teams are, who the, um, looking at their smart contract in, in depth and looking at their docs on GitHub and um, doing their dil- due diligence. So Sometimes I'll full send on some shit coins. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, I guess we can wrap this one up. I think that was, that was fun. That was yeah. successful. Thanks for having me. We appreciate yeah, you thanks on. For coming. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. I guess we're calling it American Dream Fatigue. Yeah, I we're think in? so. Awesome. Um, check out CryptoCoinSpotlight.com and hope you get rich. Facts. Let's do it. <laughs>